Good morning, or at whatever time you may be listening. These sermons are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, located in McAllen, Texas. Our website is lhmacallen.org, and we encourage you to visit that site, and should you need to contact us, that's easy to do on that page. Or if you are watching on the Facebook live stream, leave us a message in the comments or send us a message so we can get in touch with you. This morning, I would like to take us to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. I'll give you some time to locate that passage. Acts 10, beginning at verse 34. I'll give the background, and then we'll read Peter's sermon on this occasion. The applications or lessons will emerge from our study. I want to start here. Would you agree there is no question higher than this? What matters to God? If you are a believer that God is, if you consider the Bible to be his word and Jesus to be the Savior, I am persuaded you'll agree that there is no question higher than this one. What matters to God? If there is some higher question, some inquiry that is more important, send me a message and tell me what that is. I doubt there will be a response. There is no question higher or more important. What matters to God? And of course, what matters to God ought to matter to us. So I want to use Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 10 to explore with you what matters to God. Here's the background. This was after the events of Pentecost, Luke documents back in Acts chapter 2. The gospel of Christ was to be preached to all, Jews, Gentiles, all. The commission was to take the gospel to the whole world, beginning with the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Peter was called to initiate the spread of the gospel to the Gentiles, sent to the house of Cornelius. But Peter was a Jew, sent to the house of a Gentile. So he was reluctant, he was hesitant, prejudice would be the word. God answered his reluctance with a miracle, a vision. Peter proceeded to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, and we're now going to read Peter's sermon on that occasion. Acts 10, 34, down through verse 43. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, 
beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. I believe one way to study and explore this sermon Peter delivered in the house of Cornelius is to concentrate on that most important question, what matters to God? First, and I mean this is the first point the Apostle Peter made, God shows no partiality. Well, what does that mean? To show partiality is to favor one over another without a justifying cause. It is prejudice. It finds ugly expression in racism. If I favor people of one nationality over another, that's partiality or respect of persons. If I show preference for people of one race or color over another, that's being partial, or favoritism, that is without a justifying cause. Peter is saying, God is not like that, and God is not pleased with that. What matters to God is not your skin color, where you were born, your language, your blood, or ancestry. Remember, Peter was in conflict. His background created great emotion and resistance to going to the house of a Gentile, but God enabled him to overcome that. Now he arrives in the house of Cornelius, and the first thing he says when he begins the sermon on Gentile ground is, God shows no partiality. Peter's dramatic and recent experience was fresh on his mind, and the Holy Spirit gave him these words, God shows no partiality. That means if I show partiality, if I am prejudiced, I'm not lined up with God on this matter. What matters to God is not color, ethnicity, geographic location, nationality, age, gender, blood, language, or anything like that. We shall see next what matters to God. Verse 35. In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. 
What perfect clarity from God through Peter, a Jew preaching in the house of a Gentile. And could anyone today reading this not understand it? When a sinner hears the gospel of Christ, confesses faith in Christ, and wants to repent and be baptized, God doesn't check a passport, look at skin color, listen for accent or language, or consider anything else irrelevant or incidental to the person. Look at the simple word, anyone. Anyone. Not just people of a certain nation, not just Jews, not just Americans, not just people of a certain race or national origin, anyone. God is perfectly fair, not a respecter of persons, not prejudiced, not racist. It says God shows no partiality, and then the follow-up in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So what matters to God? Fairness, justice, fearing him, and doing what is right. If you want to be acceptable to God, no matter your color, nationality, or other morally neutral factors, this says, do what is right. If you've disobeyed him in the past, decide right now you will obey him, knowing he will accept you. There is this essential repentance. To do what is right, you have to abandon what is wrong. God honors that. No matter who you are, race, nationality, money in the bank, resume, decide right now you will stop disobeying him and do what is right. He will accept you. There is that promise here. And he will accept you and grant peace to you through Jesus Christ. Christ. God's call through the gospel is not just, come on in, all is forgiven. God's call through the gospel is, you can come to me and have peace through Jesus Christ. I want you to keep your place in Acts chapter 10, but then I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm turning to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 11 through 22. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, 
and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also were being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I often tell you, after you read a passage, try to get your hands on the one main idea. Well, here in Ephesians 2, the one main idea is sinners can be reconciled to God through the cross and be members of one body through Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross to give us a way to be at peace with God, at peace with others in his family, fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So what matters to God? Not race, nationality, economic or social position, geographic location, educational resume or skin color. What matters to God is doing what is right, responding to Christ, therefore having peace through him, peace with God and peace with others in his family. What matters to God is that we submit to Jesus Christ who has all authority. Peter refers to him here as Lord of all, not Lord of some, but Lord of all. Now, when Jesus is called Lord, that always includes his authority. Jesus gathered his men together before he ascended back to heaven and said to them, according to Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. If Jesus has been granted all authority by the Father, what should that mean to me? Obedience. Jesus said one time, why call me Lord if you're not going to do what I say? Obeying Jesus matters to God and ought to matter to me. What matters to God is believing in Christ and being baptized. What do we have here just in this passage in Acts 10? We have fearing God, believing. We talked about repentance a few minutes ago. Doing what is right means you stop doing what is wrong. Now, here is baptism. Can anyone forbid the water? Verse 47, he commanded them to be baptized. Does baptism matter to God? I am certain in the modern denominational world, baptism doesn't matter to many who speak to people about becoming a Christian with no mention of baptism. Does baptism matter to God? 
Jesus lived a perfect life, was crucified, raised from the dead, and ascended back to the Father. If you believe all of that, and you know you need to respond to Jesus Christ to be saved, why would you leave out baptism? I want us to listen again to Peter's sermon, and then we'll summarize and challenge. Acts 10, 34 through 43. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. One question has our attention. What matters to God? What have we learned? What matters to God? It isn't race, nationality, economic condition, formal education, social position, geographic location, or language. God is not prejudice, shows no partiality. What matters to him is that everyone hear the gospel, turn from what is wrong, doing what is right, believe in Jesus Christ, accept him as Lord, believing and being baptized into fellowship with God. The challenge is, what matters to God must matter to me. He made me. Jesus died for me. He equips me through the word to do what is right with Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And if God isn't a respecter of persons, if God is perfectly impartial and fair, his people must be so. This sermon in Acts chapter 10 answers racism. It exalts the justice and mercy of the Creator. It calls upon all people to seek peace through Jesus Christ, believing in him being baptized, and then living under his authority. 
This is what matters to God. I hope and pray this is what matters to you. Thank you for listening.